You're listening to The Way Home with Daniel Darling, a proud member of the Venom Audio Network. Well, hello and welcome everyone to The Way Home Podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today. Um, I hope you've been enjoying the last few podcasts and uh, the conversations we've had. Really uh, hope that uh, as you're mowing the lawn or doing the dishes or on your commute, that this is a a source of uh, information, cool conversations, maybe some encouragement uh, for your life. Uh, Before we get and talk about our next guest, who I'm really, really excited about. I want to just tell you about a few things uh, that are happening that you might be interested in. Number one, I just want to encourage you always to sign up for my newsletter. It's called One Little Word. Um, And there's a free version and a paid version. Free version, I'll be sure and tell you from time to time new things that are coming out, whether it's my books or articles that I'm writing for uh, World Magazine or USA Today or uh, maybe it's just some other things that are interesting to me. And then there's a paid version where I write a a couple articles um, a month on Things like writing, leadership, maybe history, theology, all kinds of things that interest me. Uh, we've got a great community there. So if you're interested, go to my website and sign up for One Little Word, the newsletter. If you sign up for the newsletter, uh, the free version, uh, uh, you'll be able to download a free um, uh, downloadable thing about how to read the news, which might be of interest to you. Also, Christmas is around the corner, and I'm someone who likes to think about Christmas even in November. And I know some of you don't like to do that. I like to do that. I'm even listening to uh, Mariah Carey's Christmas album and Amy Grant's Christmas album and a host of other favorite Christmas albums, even now in dis- in November. Yes, you can celebrate Thanksgiving while listening to Christmas music. It's possible, and that's something... <laughs> That we do, but anyways, all that to say, my book, The Characters of Christmas, is available. So if you're looking for something to do with your family, uh, this book just goes through each of the stories of the people in the Christmas story. Think about those people around the nativity scene. Who are these people? Well, they're just ordinary people caught up in the story of the birth of Jesus. Think about Mary and Joseph, who are this peasant couple. Think of the shepherds, the wise men, Anna and Simeon, even the angels get a chapter in this book. I think you'll like it. All trying to point us back to the reason for Jesus' birth, uh, the reason for Christmas, and that is uh, Jesus coming to earth to take away our sins and give us salvation and reconcile us to God. So check out the characters of Christmas. You can go to my website, danieldarling.com under books and check that out. You can check it out at any of your favorite retailers. I'd love for you to get that ahead of Christmas time. Okay. Want to talk about our next guest. I am really excited um, to have today spoken word artist and author Blair Lynn. Uh, Blair is uh, just a really gifted communicator. She's a, um, a Bible teacher, a spoken word artist, and an author. She has a very powerful personal story uh, about growing up really uh, disconnected from her father and not both the father that uh, kind of raised her, but also the father uh, her birth father and not really knowing, uh, the circumstances and, and all that thing and the pain of fatherlessness. It's a really great book because she weaves in there, both her own personal story of hurt and pain, the story of redemption, how God in his kindness was fathering her, even without a meaningful father figure in her life, how the church has come around her 
and also how her and her husband Shai Lin, who's a, a spoken word artist and a pastor, uh, they planted a church there in Philadelphia, uh, how they uh, have managed to figure out how to parent themselves and how the church community, how salvation in Christ, how the gospel has enabled them to uh, change the trajectory in both of their families so that they can parent well in ways that they weren't parented before. She also weaves in a lot of uh, facts and statistics about the problem of fatherlessness in our in our country. And so I think this is a really, really powerful book. Uh, it's a really, really great book. I read it. was I absolutely loved it. We'll have links to this in the show notes. But you'll enjoy this conversation with uh, spoken word artist, author, and Bible teacher, Blair Lynn. Glad to have Blair Lynn uh, on the podcast. Uh, Blair, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me here. Man, I am so glad that you're on here. I've been following you for a while, your writing and your your work, and so pretty cool to have you join the podcast. Thank you, brother. Uh, from 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 Philly, right? Yeah, yeah. We live in Philly, Philadelphia. We've been here six years. Um, my husband actually came here to plant a church. We all came here. <laughs> my husband helped plant a church here. So yeah. So. I wanted to have you come on to talk about your fantastic book called Finding My Father, How the Gospel Heals the Pain of Fatherlessness. So, you know, like the book came and I read it in like two or three nights. I just loved it. It was really well done, kind of gripping in many ways and uh, to hear about your life story. And so um, I guess before I ask you just about your story, um, I'm, I'm curious for you. Did it take Did it take you a while to say, you know, this is a this is a story I'm comfortable telling and sharing and writing in a book because I know very personal, working through, you know, loving your father and your stepfather and just that whole situation. Did it take you a while to say, you know, I, I think I'm ready to tell the story? It did. You know, actually, it started off uh, the whole idea behind writing the story down started because I was invited to a conference and I decided to, they said, what do you want to talk about? I said, well, I'll, I think I'll talk about fatherlessness. And I wasn't quite sure how it would be received, but it was extremely well received. And someone was there in the audience. <laughs> I didn't realize at the time uh, with a particular publisher who said, would you be interested in writing about this topic? This was maybe five or six years ago. And I thought, oh, yeah, I mean, it seems like this workshop was helpful. I think it would be a helpful topic to write about. I had read a few books on the topic, and I didn't necessarily connect with those books. Um, a lot of them were just different stories, maybe fathers in the home who were more emotionally detached from their child. And so I thought if this could be helpful, uh, certainly I would be interested in writing it. And then I started thinking about the details of my story. And I thought, well, do I really want, you know, to, you know, share the kind of the rugged, raw details, um, you know, and I did wrestle with that for a while. And um, and then I thought, you know, I think it's important to be honest. I think the very thing that I longed for when I was reading those books and I didn't quite get to was that honesty and someone saying, you know, like, a lot of people have this same story. Um, and so I want you to feel like you can relate. Like, here's someone, like, I've been through a whole lot. 
and the Lord has brought me through. And so if I can encourage you in that way, um, I think it's something like, you know, one in four children are fatherless. Um, so it's a common thing. We know this is a major issue. And so I just kind of pushed my own concerns or fears aside and thought, I want to be vulnerable and transparent and just share the journey. As you were writing it, was it kind of a, a I'm sure it was a bit of a painful exercise at some points to kind of recall things and, and kind of work through that, uh, you know, because you're probably thinking, well, I had I sort of put this behind me, but like now I'm kind of walking through it again. Mm-hmm. So what was that process like? Yeah, I, at the actually right before I wrote the book, I've been journaling a lot. Um, you know, kind of getting my story down on the page. And, and so that was helpful. You know, the way that I approach writing the book, having my history of writing and the interest that I have with poetry. So that kind of made it enjoyable, that element of it. But then it was, it was also quite painful, you know, as I just faced the reality of my situation. There were times as I was writing that I was just brought to tears again and again, um, thinking about just some of the details of my story. And so it was this, yeah, this mix of, I guess, beauty and pain, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I feel like the way you did it, you um, you mixed your story, which is very unique and personal and difficult at points, with also hope for people who have had similar situations. That and I and I just think the thing I just love so much was just how it pointed people to, to the fact that. You know, if you grew up with a with an absent father or father who left you, or even a father who was there but wasn't there, that those longings point you towards something or someone, and that God is fathering you even when your earthly father isn't. Um, and I just thought that was a powerful message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really what has sustained me um, because I remember many times literally crying out to God um, because of the pain of not having my, my, my parent, you know, and, and needing God and, and saying, Lord, step in, um, you know, heal these wounds, heal the hurt that I'm experiencing. And for many years, even after I came to the Lord, of course, I knew theoretically that God is my father, but there was within me this idea that God was just tolerating me. You know, he was the judge mm. who had pardoned my sin, um, but not that he was the doting father, the one who lavished me, lavishes me with his love. And so it just took time for me to grasp that. And I had to realize how important it was for me to look to God through the lens of scripture versus through the lens of my experience and my brokenness. Um, and as the Lord opened that up for me, there was so much hope. <laughs> You know, you see God's heart for the fatherless throughout scripture. It's so clear. And then he calls the church to have that heart for the fatherless as well. So he's making provision for us even before we knew we would be in the situation. Yeah, there. I, I love too how you also sprinkled in there a lot of um, important research about the the impact of a father. And I think we instinctively know that fathers matter, but putting in there a lot of research in there about why why dads matter. And and I think it's really important. It, it, it seems like at some point, at some level, sometimes society might be saying, well, dads don't really matter. The shape of our families don't really matter. Kids are resilient. They'll get through it. And, and, you know, kids are resilient and you, you've been resilient and the Lord's got you through this, but 
talk a, a lot about your passion for this idea that that fathers are needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one thing that never crossed my mind. Some people have said, I appreciate how in the book you don't bash fathers. And that was never at all my intention or came mm-hmm. across my mind, uh, even my own father, even though, you know, we were thousands of miles away. My intention was never to bash him, but to encourage the fathers out there. Um, you know, certainly the statistics make it very clear that, you know, when a father is not in the home, there are just certain things that we know, you know, are potentials, right? You know, for example, you know, you're you're more likely to get be connected to the prison system, right? Just not having your dad in the home. You're more likely to struggle with obesity, right? I talk about infant mortality. Um, that was something I didn't even know um, was, was common among the fatherless. And so we know what the statistics say, but yet I feel like we don't encourage dads like we should to say, you know, no child is looking for a perfect father. What we're looking for is a, a father who shows up, who's consistent, mm-hmm. um, and that dads are more than just providers, although they are called to provide and protect. I think we just kind of throw those things out, but they're also prayer warriors and they're moral guides and they're friends. And, you know, I talk in the book even about they help us take risks, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, shy when our kids were young would throw them up, you know, in the air and I'm cringing. Like, you know, I think a lot of moms, you know, we relate to that cringe of like, what are you doing to my child? Right. Um, and they're fine because they, ha- they need to learn to take risks and to know that dad's going to be there to catch them right when they come down yeah. as well. I, I love that. I love that. Uh, and, and Shai even has a chapter in there about he, that he wants to be the father that maybe he never saw. And and I think there's such a powerful message that both of you have to a lot of parents. You know, I, I when I talk to pastors, one of the things I try to tell pastors is that we need to assume that the people coming into our churches, the young couples coming in, maybe never saw what a good father looks like. And how do we how do we shape this next generation to be the maybe the parents they never had an experience? So can you speak about your own experience as a mother and Shai's experience as a father of, of trying to be the 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 mom and dad to your kids that maybe you didn't see modeled in your own family? Yeah, one of the things that I think is so important when we think about spiritual adoption, not we we gain God as Father, and we gain the church as our family. You know, and so I think we kind of sleep on that sometimes that like we are actual family, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. we're redeemed humanity through Christ and what he's accomplished through his death and resurrection that now we're united to Christ and we're the body. Right. We're we're a collective together um, called to serve one another and love one another, love our neighbor. And what that looks like, it should look like, I think, is this holistic discipleship of not only do I need to open up the scriptures and and teach you about sound theology and teach you how to rightly divide the text, I also need to be digging in your life, you know, within reason, right? Not being cultish, but like, you know, but getting to know you enough to say like, you know, was your father there? And do you have any holes or gaps in your life because of your father's absence? And how can I step in and encourage you as a spiritual father in the faith um, and say, yeah, let's let me teach you how to change a tire. 
Let me, you know, teach you how to change your oil. Let me, you know, maybe walk through some options for the schools you're looking at. Young man who's in high school, let me teach you to fish, you know. Um, you know, we're going on vacation. You know, here's a single mom who's raising a son. You want to come along with us? You know, let, let's mm. just fold you into our family. I think what happened to us, actually, a couple, maybe months before Shine, I got married, I stayed with one of my pastors and his family and for the first time witnessed family worship, you know, and I know family mm. worship can look many different ways, but it was the first time that I observed a man leading his family through the scriptures and through singing, you know, and to see a husband love his wife and a wife honor her husband and children, you know, seeking to honor their, their parents and and it changed my mind. It blew my mind, really, because I thought, wow, I want to take some of these nuggets and Lord willing implement them into my marriage, you know? And so it just sparked conversations uh, between Shy and I to say, what do we want to do? We want to create something that we hadn't really seen growing up, but that the grace of God provides, right? And the gospel. <laughs> of, you know, not only we're, we're saved, but how does this flesh itself out into our day-to-day -day life, into our marriage now, into how we parent? And again, not being perfect parents, Shai talks about like the fear and the, uh, he was just terrified, you know, at the thought yeah. of us having our first child because he- I think we're all terrified right? when that happens. <laughs> yes, yes. And just that pressure and, you know, coming to realize that there's going to be a lot of asking for forgiveness, you know, um, asking our children to forgive us, you know, because we're not perfect and we're still working it out, right? We're still on this journey. We're still asking even older church members who have teenagers now, okay, what are you doing? You know, our oldest is nine, you know, so it's not that we have it figured out, um, but I praise God Shy has shown up, right? He's present. He's intentional. Um, and and making an impact that our children are able now, at three and four years old, we've been able to have conversations about marriage and the family, and you know, family worship is a part of their life. You know, like it's yeah. what they've always known. Um, yeah, that's and so, so cool. we're breaking the cycle by God's grace. Um, and there is hope for those who are fatherless. You don't even have to have biological children, right, to to do that when I talk about the book, when I talk about legacy is, yes, the Lord can break the cycle through your biological children or through your adopted children or foster children, or through you just pouring into the next generation, pour into the fatherless, um, you know, and God will use it. May God bear much fruit, you know, as we obey him and walk in faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great word. And I, I love how you talk about the community of faith being so important for us as parents. Um, and I feel that same way that, you know, I grew up in a great home and I had a, I had a dad that was there and loved me and I didn't even recognize and appreciate it, Blair, until I'm like thirties and forties. And I'm like, man, like he, he wasn't very vocal and he, he wasn't raw, raw. I wasn't teaching classes. He's just kind of, he's a plumber and he just kind of, being faithful and coming to church as an elder, but how much I love that and appreciate that. Um, but now as a parent, even with all that surrounded by these kids and you're like, a lot of times you're like, I don't know what to do here, but to be able to have other parents who are a few miles ahead, you know, and say, what did you do? Like our kids now are pre teens and preteens. And now I'm like, 
oh gosh, how do I get them from like here to like functioning adulthood? <laughs> right. You know, like what does that look like? So I'm talking <laughs> to people who have kids a little bit ahead and it's like, what did you do? But it's so important. We need that that community of faith, right? To help help shape us. So talk about people who came into your life who might have filled in that gap that maybe wasn't there, uh, that wasn't filled by your father or stepfather or uh, were there people in your life who kind of filled some of those roles uh, as mothers and fathers? Yeah. And honestly, it really was a community effort. Um, I think sometimes too, we can be looking for when it comes to discipleship or even thinking about, oh, a father in the faith, right? We might be thinking about one individual. The Lord really used the church. <laughs> it was really many, you know, observing many brothers. Um, so, you know, I remember even I was a nanny, for example, for another family. And it was amazing to watch this father who he was a, another pastor of our church, but prioritized his home and prioritized his children. There were times where he would drop everything that was going on to walk home. You know what I mean? To, to, to talk with his boys. Um, I would come in in the morning and see him reading to his boys and playing with his boys before going into the office. That just left a lasting impression upon me. And I would talk to his sons. They were three and four years old, or maybe they were two and four at the time. The four-year-old would be talking about the Trinity <laughs> with me and marriage with me. And, you know, like, and I'm just thinking this and just emotionally healthy children, you know, engage and in tune with how they're feeling. And I just thought, wow, this is wonderful. This is beautiful. What was I thinking about when I was three? You know, like, I don't know that I was thinking about marriage because it just wasn't even on my radar. Um, you know, so yeah, like, so it was, it's a lot of those stories that I have. Hello, friends. I just want to tell you about a really new partnership uh, that we have developed with an amazing company called Canopy. Now, I don't know about you, but as a parent, I find it increasingly difficult to monitor my children's internet consumption with all the devices and computers. And how do you balance safety on the internet in terms of objectionable content, pornography, and things that we don't want them to see with speed and use of the internet for things that they need, like their homework, getting a hold of them. My oldest one is driving and I want to be able to her to have a way to get a hold of me. How do you do that? Well, sometimes it feels like you have to prioritize either speed and accuracy and accessibility or safety. Well, my friends at Canopy have developed this really neat tool that they beta tested in Israel. And it's so good, they brought it over to the United States and it uses this proprietary technology uh, using artificial intelligence to block objectionable images, but not always necessarily websites. And so how this works is that even on your their phones, if someone texts them something objectionable or they're going to a website that they need to go to, but there's objectionable images, it doesn't block the website, but it'll block the, the images from coming through. And it works uh, in multiple apps that are on their phone in ways that a lot of other filters don't. It's a great, great tool. And if you are a Way Home listener, you can go to canopy.us slash wayhome. That's canopy.us slash wayhome, C-A-N-O-P-Y dot U-S slash wayhome. And you can get a special discount. Your first 30 days free and 20% off of Canopy for life. So you want to do that. Go to canopy.us slash wayhome and check this out. It's a great tool that I know you will use and, and be thankful for as a parent.
I want you to uh, talk about, you are very honest in the book about working through forgiveness for your father and your stepfather. And even how the thing that makes the book so interesting is that you thought the person that you thought was your father, biological father wasn't. And you found out later it was somebody else and the story and it kind of shifted in, in your understanding of, okay, that explains certain things, but you're very honest about your relationships with them and, and you don't paper over how hard it is to find reconciliation and find forgiveness, you know, that kind of journey. And I know there's probably a lot of people listening that have a hard relationship with their dad. Uh, maybe he was in the home, but they have a bad relationship or maybe he was absent or maybe he abandoned them. And how do they as Christians, how do you work through the bitterness and anger that they might have toward their father? Yeah. I, you know, I think, and, and just to be honest, I think it takes time. Sometimes it's even a constant forgiveness. What I mean, it's forgiving and then forgiving again and then forgiving again. Um, sometimes, especially if those wounds are the the type that can constantly be reopened um, it's not just a one-time forgiveness, like sometimes we think it, mm-hmm. it might be. I think it's important for people, for one, to get their story down. You know, um, if there's a way to even just literally write down your story, journal it out, um, you know, to see where is this hurt? What is it? <laughs> what is going on? Like what happened um, that's the cause of this hurt? And then what I had to do was learn what it meant to cast my cares over to the Lord. I had to realize I didn't know what that meant, um, you know, so to take each detail to say, here's the ways that I've been hurt. Here's the ways that, you know, I'm struggling, Lord, would you please help me? Would you please help me? And so I think that that's important. And then asking the the Lord to give you a heart of forgiveness, um, you know, and I think when you can kind of point out the different ways that you've been sinned against, it helps when it comes to forgiveness. Cause it's not just like, I need to forgive this big blob of sin here. And I don't know quite what it is. Um, but to say, no, I need to forgive him because he wasn't present. And that's what the Lord had calls called him to be. I need to forgive him for not providing or mm-hmm. forgive him, right. For the ways that he hurt me or the hurtful things he said or did. Um, and then, and, and, and I think also I talk about counseling, which was extremely helpful for me. You know, like sometimes it is, as we talk about the church, there are those who are qualified in the church as biblical counselors to walk us through some of our greatest hurts. And so to know there's nothing wrong with needing the the help, right? And and taking the help. Uh, I wish the help wasn't as expensive as it is at times. Um, but if you can afford that, or if your church even can help offset some of the cost of that to take them up on that, you know, but realize that it's a journey. And it's, as I said, that constantly constant forgiveness of, I'm going to give this over to the Lord. Um, and if it is a safe place, I would say, how can you connect with your father? What can you be thankful for that your father has done, um, You know, for me, when I was three, four years old, my dad would bring big bags of candy, you know, um, to me. And and so I can thank God for that. You know, I can thank God for the phone conversations that we did have. Um, 
you know, so finding the the ways that we can be thankful, I think helps also to offset some of that bitterness and anger that we might be struggling with. Those are just a few things that I think of. That's really, that's really so good. I'm glad you said that about counseling because one of the things I've noticed is that, you know, in our lives, you know, things are so marbled in together, mm-hmm. whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, you know, sin is in there, but it's sort of all layered together. And there are skilled people who God has gifted to be able to kind of unpack those layers and get us to where we need to be in ways that other people can't. So I'm so glad that you said that. Um, you talk a lot about how God um, God is our father. And you know, it's interesting. When I was a kid, I didn't think much about God as father. I don't know why. But as I've gotten older and I've become a dad, and then I think about my father, it just resonates with me more. And I don't know if it's something about our circles or like we don't emphasize it enough that God, you know, God is all these things, right, that we declare, but he's He's our father. And so speak, kind of speak about that dynamic, both how it can be comforting, but also for folks who maybe grew up with a bad relationship with their dad, how it can almost um, affect their how they think about God as their father. Yeah. So one of the things that I realized was I, when it came to my relationship with God the Father, I definitely was viewing him through the lens of my pain and brokenness. And I needed to understand that that was not what I should have been doing. Um, what I need to do is view God through the lens of the, the Bible, because he makes out he makes it very clear who he is and even what fatherhood looks like. Um, you know, I had to realize I couldn't look at my earthly father and define fatherhood from him. I had to look at my heavenly father and define fatherhood from him, the one from whom all fatherhood derives its name, Ephesians 3 says, right? So, you know, he is the model, right, of all fatherhood. He's the first father. And so, you know, I I wish that we would spend more time upon this beautiful truth, beautiful doctrine that we have that I think we do sleep on, that when we come to Christ and what he's, what he's accomplished for us in the gospel, as I said, through his death and resurrection, um, he accomplishes this beautiful thing that he lays out in, in, in uh, Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, you know, when you pray, you can say, our father. <laughs> like that was mind blowing, right? That was not something that was common. It's something that is extremely unique to the Christian that we actually have God as our father. And what does that mean? That means that our father loves us. When you look at, you know, Ephesians 1, which talks about in love, he predestined us for adoption. This was God's intent all along that us, his children, we would be his chosen children, right? And we would have an actual relationship with him. And what does that mean? You know, that means that we can commune with him and he communes with us. That means that he delights in us. Because when he sees us, he sees Christ since we're united to Christ, right? He loves us with the same love that he has for his only begotten son. It's amazing, Dan. <laughs> just like, it's amazing, you know, as you think about it and the implications of it. It really is. And, and, and so it's like, okay, the relationship that and the longing that you have for your dad, whether your dad was the best dad and he was in the home or your dad was not in the home, there is a longing that children have for their father. And it, it, it is only to show the longing that should be had for our Heavenly Father. 
right? I mean, my even though my father was not in the home, I, in one sense, despite all the pain and the hurt, I still kind of looked at him as a superhero that at any minute he can come in and save the day. Mm. At any minute mm. he would come in, you know, and make everything right. I, that was kind of what I was hoping for as a child, right? Um, and so it's like, we have an opportunity in our he- with our Heavenly Father to actually have the most wonderful relationship that we long for and we desire. Um, and so that means that we have to spend time with him. We have to dig into the scriptures so that we can actually know him uh, and what it means that he's our father, that he sings over us, that he delights you know, in us. I think those are sometimes very hard truths for us to grapple with. Um, yeah. In the name of trying to be balanced sometimes, which I don't, you know, it's like we can miss out on some wonderful just truths about God. He loves us. Like he really loves us. And, um, yeah. And so we can rejoice in that. That is so beautiful. And I, I I love that part, that part of your book. And, uh, I want to encourage folks who are listening, get this book. It's called finding my father, how the gospel heals the pain. A fatherlessness. We'll have links in the show notes, but you can find it wherever you get books. Books is published by the Good Book Company. I love that you talk so much about about fatherhood and how that points us to God. And I have to be honest with you: whenever we sing the song in church, uh, "You're a good, good father," hmm. it's just such a simple song with a simple rhythm. It repeats itself, but I find it washes over me, and just like I, I just love hearing that. I think. However you grew up, we all need to hear from time to time that we have a good father in God who loves us and cares for us and wants to give us good things, especially when life gets hard and difficult and you feel rejected or lonely or inadequate or whatever range of things you're feeling to know that we have a good father. It's something we need to hear, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And even when we have had very, like you said, hard circumstances or we've dealt with suffering, one of, one of the things that I think, if you've ever been hungry, if you've ever gone without a meal, right, you know what it's like to be dependent upon God and to cry out to God and say, help, right? Um, and I think when you haven't had your father as well, there is this cry, there is this unique desperation um, that you can have. And, and there's a good father who's right there, <laughs> ready to fit in and meet that need. Um, and even if you have had a great father, you still need to cry out to that good father. And he's there to meet your need because only he can meet our need, period. No matter where we, we fall, right? Um, you know, and so, yeah, we have a wonderful father in God. Well, Blair Lynn, I'm so thankful for your ministry and thankful for this wonderful book. Finding My Father, and thankful for you and, and Shailen and both of you, your ministry. I, I benefit enormously from them. And I want to just, you know, thank you for being faithful and for speaking this word to us and uh, hope people really are resonating with what you're saying. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Way Home Podcast with Daniel Darling. For more information, you can visit danieldarling.com. If you do like this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. We also encourage you to rate and review so others can know about the podcast. You can follow me at, at Dan Darling on Twitter or go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Daniel M. Darling. 
I also want to encourage you again to check out my latest book, Away With Words, and you can visit awaywithwordsbook.com. Thank you for listening again to The Way Home Podcast. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.